0: Let's do it. Woohoo! Hey, everyone. Good Saturday afternoon. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show. Um- Oh my gosh. Yes, I have a great show planned for you for on the last show of the year. I I just can't believe it. We are going to talk about the highlights and lowlights of 2017. And yes, we are going to share the optimism we are all feeling for a terrific 2018. And we're going to talk about what captured your attention over the year. I picked out my top three stories, Stan picked out his top three stories. We want to hear what some of your top stories are and we want to hear what you're looking forward to what you're hoping for what you're wishing for in twenty eighteen it's um it's going to be a it, it. It's going to be a great show. Uh, I'm especially looking forward to the second hour of the show today because my friends John Augustine and Don Lee are going to be joining me. We're going to talk about the LEA scorecard. The LEA is the organization I tell you about repeatedly over the course of the year, hands down, It is the best scorecard you will find on the legislature in Minnesota, anywhere, of any of them, any of them done. It's been around since the 1970s. It's focused on policy. It's focused on life, liberty, justice, property rights, free enterprise. I tell you what a great organization this is. Um, They should charge lots more to join, but they charge 10 bucks. You become a member, you get the scorecard, and once a year you get together and have a party and talk about what what happened this last legislative session and they give out awards to any of the legislators who deserved it and of course seems as each year goes on less and less are getting awards but we'll talk about who uh... who the deserving legislatures are we'll talk about some of the the good the bad and the ugly of what what happened in the last legislative session it's a great scorecard um... i'm really looking forward to the second hour of that Um, I also want to send out my deepest sympathy to my friend Dan McGrath. Dan McGrath has been my friend for years. He's been on this show a bazillion times. He is... Brilliant. Um, his mom died and it was very unexpected and my heart is breaking for Dan and his family. And I just want Dan to know that he is in our thoughts and prayers and if there's anything that we can do to help. Dan, you have so many friends out here. We got your back. We can be there to help with whatever you need help with. So um we'll we'll uh keep sending those thoughts and prayers out to Dan. Um, talking about Dan also reminded me, I've been telling you guys that. Um, our case, the Minnesota Voters Alliance case, of which I'm one of the plaintiffs, is going to the United States Supreme Court. We finally f- found out it was gonna. it's going to be in February. February 28th. We are going... I'll be in D.C. It's a Tuesday. I was going to say, have we
1: lined up the live broadcast for that yet? No,
0: because it's a Tuesday. So, I don't know how we're going to do that, but... You know, it
1: would be a lot better if the company paid for it than you or I.
0: Well, totally. But I am so excited about about that and and yeah, folks, we 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 have to keep our guard up all the time. We have to pay attention, Um and and I'll keep you posted on what's going on with that too. Before I talk a little bit about uh the Christmas holidays and the New Year holidays, Stan, we have to take this moment to thank our listeners. Twenty seventeen wouldn't have been as great a year as it was without the most fabulous listeners ever, and the, we
1: wouldn't be here without our listeners. So well, thank there's, you. Yeah, there's yeah.
0: that too, but. Our, our listeners are so smart and so informed and so educated, and I just want all the listeners to know how much I love them and how thankful I am for them, too, because you're right, we wouldn't be here with, with without the listeners. Okay, and I can't go on the show without whining a little bit about the weather, because I hate this weather, and it's so brutally cold, it's so dangerous, I have my second warmest coat on today. I hate and, to see your
1: first warmest coat.
0: I know. <laughs> and Stan is walking around in a sweatshirt with an ice auger. Hey, you know what? I'm a
1: hardy person. It's it's my time of the year. Oh,
0: I know you're a hardy person. You and wear I a lot know of layers.
1: You... That's the way it's done.
0: Yeah, but I worry about you so much. I know how much you love to ice fish. And this is just brutally cold. This is so hard on people. This weather is so hard on our cars, on our furnaces. I, honest to God, Stan, have this irrational fear that my furnace is going to go out and every time it kicks back in i say a little prayer thank yeah, you thank you <laughs> thank you thank you for turning on again every time when i wake up in the morning oh thank god the furnace is still yeah, working and make
1: sure you check your furnace filters more often this time of the year because oh, they run good more point. often
0: right yep. well my furnace is running non-stop but this weather is so brutal cold do you know i actually keep like an extra pair of boots in my car i keep extra scarves and mittens in my car and if i see someone outside wandering around without the proper gear on i will actually pull over and give another goose speech yes yep. and and I, you know i remember when i was younger i went skiing at afton elps it was 29 below zero that was the actual temperature i'm sure the wind chill made it even colder and and granted, we could only take one run down or two runs down before we had to go in and warm up again. Now, I, there's no way I'm going to do that kind of stuff now. And yeah, I just wanted... and it's a good
1: idea, like you say, to pack that because we just had that story here with that former <gasps> sheriff who right. was, you know was out hunting. hunting. And he didn't have a cell phone and stuff, so you never know what's going to happen. So.
0: He walked and up. crawled. And, and he, uh, did you see the interview on the news on oh, him? He's going to lose some of his fingers. But you know what? He never once blamed anyone else. He said, no. I was stupid. Yeah. I was a, I was, I got in deep doo doo. And he said, the thing is, never give up. And he didn't. He, he stayed in his truck overnight and then he walked and then he crawled. <laughs> yeah. And the loggers who found him, the loggers who found him, they go, Hey, are you all right? And he goes, Are you nuts? nuts Do no. I look all right? (laughs)
1: And that's the thing that people here in the metro, I mean, I grew up in a small town and I've been up in those areas where you may not see it and it's, you know, unlikely here, but, you know, people around here don't realize you could be sitting out there for a couple of days before somebody even drives by, much less sees you.
0: Right, right. Look out for each other, people. Look out for each other. And Stan and I were talking about it, too. Down in Shakopee, the cops are going to give people a ride home on New Year's Eve. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah,
1: they're going to have a backlog, I'm guessing.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think they're going to have a backlog against it, against it too. Um, I'm also very irritated with MinDot, and I put this firmly uh, on Governor Dayton's shoulders, but I think it goes further down, because with these little snow, little mini snow events that we've been having over and over and over again, and all the crashes, and all the the horrible job that I think MinDot is doing out there, I saw on Twitter, um, somebody said, hey, MnDOT, how does MinDot fail so miserable with all these mini snow events and MinDot actually responded back and they said in very cold temperatures below 15 degrees, salt is not effective. While we want to clear the roads, we also don't want to waste material and taxpayer money. I laughed out loud at that part. And negatively impact the environment by spreading a material that won't improve conditions. And you know what, MnDOT? I call BS. I call BS. Your job is to to make our roads safe. And, And with all these accidents, with all these rollovers, who saw the rollover on 494 this morning out by the airport? Oh my god. But at the
1: same time I think some of the responsibility or a lot of the responsibility has to be put on the drivers. I agree. You some know, of them drive with, too fast. People like you with the all-wheel drives and the big vehicles, they're like, Oh, I'm I'm good. I can drive eighty miles an hour on snow. Well uh, okay. four wheel drive doesn't help you. Drive. I'm not saying yeah. you in particular, yeah. but you just you know, called you me
0: out by name. You just, <laughs> you just don't
1: you just don't, you know, do three right. sixties down the highway. Doing the proper speed.
0: I agree with you. There's a lot of personal responsibility in this, too. But I think in an effort to be environmentally conscious, they're killing people. And they're, they're, they're not doing the job that they should be doing. And we have seen several stories now about, uh, the salt and the chemicals that they put down on the roads and how it pollutes the water and pollutes the lakes. And part of that is true. And I think, no, I do care. And I think we could be very conscious of that. But I also think they've taken it too far now. And now it's dangerous. And here it is, me whining about this in December, in December. Okay, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about uh, Christmas Day. I want to send kudos to Jason Lewis. I also want to talk a little bit about New Year's and New Year's resolutions and why I'm so optimistic about 2018 being absolutely fabulous. Stay tuned, everyone. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers show. I guess I'm not quite done whining about the cold yet. Um, Hey, Stan, did you know during cold weather, light rail trains are used by homeless people to keep warm?
1: I did hear that. That's a good use of our tax dollars. Uh Uh-huh.
0: Uh, When the cold temperatures uh, hit the Twin Cities, organizations that work with the area homeless are using a program offered through Metro Transit to keep them warm. They have a program that offers discounted fares for organizations that work with the homeless. Um, Usually, these agencies give the discounted tickets to the homeless at no cost. Generally, they're used to get homeless people to job interviews or doctor appointments. But during this kind of weather... The tokens are handed out to help people stay warm on the light rail transit lines. One light rail rider said it's not uncommon to see homeless on the trains during the evening. Nightwise maybe half the train is trying to get warm.
1: That's pretty sad when you think about it.
0: I think that is so sad that that's the best we have to offer people. Yep. Really? You know, and, and and I never
1: understood and I get it, you know, it's probably tough cuz you obviously don't have any money, but is this not the worst hellish state to be homeless in? I mean, yes! once you somehow try to crawl south a few miles,
0: California, <laughs> yeah. Iowa, I'd be California happy in dreaming about you know, <laughs> right. October, I'd be hitchhiking. I'd be out of here. Yeah, totally, totally. And you remember, you heard that, that the Met Transit Union was going to go on strike for the Super Bowl. Well, they're not. So now they're going to, I guess there's, and, and I've long told people that I thought there was um a lot of unreported and underreported crime and violence around the light rail transit stations along the bus lines, not just light rail transit, I think more so now of course, um but on the bus lines, too. So they the union figured out that they're going to build these partitions around the bus drivers so they don't get spit on and and hurt and all of that kind of stuff. And it's like, how safe are these buses and trains, for God's sakes? And then you got a bunch of homeless people that are trying to sleep on there. Well, now the Met Transit has a safety app where you can just download it and it's free. And you if you're in trouble, you just text on there, you know, hey, I'm in trouble. Um, and s- some people are worried that if they pick up their phone to call that somebody might attack them, sure. or or come after them, or try to take their phone away, or whatever. And so now you can just real discreetly. Well, of course now you can text nine one one too, but you can just text into this app, which I think is just another way they'll hide some of the stats of the of the, of the well, violence possible. and the crime that goes on there. But it's crazy. And in this cold weather, be and sure free rides for the drunks tonight too on
1: light well, rail and uh, Metro Transit. Yeah, New here. Year's
0: Eve night. Yep, there's there's free drunks, and and that's not free by the way, Miller picks it up. Thank you, Miller, the guys over at Eastside. Thank you so much for picking up that tab. Uh, and good luck trying to get a cab or a, a, a Lyft or Uber or whoever Uh, Yeah. And you know what? I think from owning a bar for so long, that's why I stay home. I stay home because New Year's Eve is for the rookies. And with this bitter cold weather, everybody knows our energy bills are going to be skyrocketing early for us, not only because we had to turn the heat on earlier. But because of this brutal cold snap, I want to thank the people at um, American Experiment. They have done such a great job talking about how Minnesotans' electric rates have just gone absolutely crazy. Um, Minnesota's electric prices now rose above the national average. If they wouldn't have been messing with all this uh, boutique boutique energy, wind, solar, some of the other stuff, Minnesota consumers would have saved four billion dollars on on lower uh, lower energy prices and then you can thank some of your politicians too. thanks for nothing. you losers in New Brighton or you losers in Minneapolis. Minneapolis tacked on a bunch of stuff onto the electric bill, including a two million dollar climate change surcharge and in New Brighton, we actually are are crazy. Bat poop crazy mayor said, Well, you know how you heard we were raising your taxes 10%. That's not really true because really we're taking 3% and we're hiding it in your electric bill, your utility bill. So your utility bill. So really we're only raising your taxes 6%. But that's how they think. That's how these crazy people think. It's unbelievable. Okay. Uh, I'm done done whining about the weather now, and and I'm glad I got that off my chest. Now I want to say thanks to Jason Lewis. Uh, you saw all over social media people wishing everyone Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays, and uh, and and for everybody, whether you were Jewish, whether you were uh, celebrating Kwanzaa, whatever you were celebrating, the the love and happiness and joy and the spirit of the holidays was going out to everyone. And, you know, after a while, you get kind of tired of seeing you know, the same old thing. I personally only wrote Merry Christmas uh, on. Christmas Day. And um I have to thank Jason Lewis. Jason Lewis on Christmas Day said and he put this out I think it was on his Twitter account, but now that I think about it it might have been Facebook. So I'm not maybe both. I'm not sure. Jason Lewis put out there on this Christmas Day as we celebrate with family and friends and once again commit ourselves to a life of hope, charity and most of all faith. Let us always remember that none of these is possible without Freedom. Merry Christmas to all. And if I want anybody to take anything away uh, at the end of this year as we wrap up 27, as we welcome in 2018, I want you to remember the greatest threat to our future is not Donald Trump, it's not Barack Obama, it's not Hillary Clinton, it's not Sue Jeffers. Nope. The greatest threat is the creeping socialist movement that we're seeing, this attack on the private sector, this attack on the individuals. And everybody has to fight really, really hard uh, to make sure that we don't... um, that that we put a stop to government doing everything. We have to celebrate freedom. We have to embrace freedom. You can't be afraid of freedom. Um, And and you have to remember the 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 government is not your friend. And the private sector can be trusted. We can be trusted. And the real threat to our future is that creeping socialist movement. I mean, for God's sakes, you have Democrats who are talking about their presidential candidate in 2020 Being Bernie Sanders a socialist, a self proclaimed socialist. That's dangerous, people. And I want you to promise me that you will will fight eternally uh, to put a stop to that. Uh, 20, I love the end of the year. I love to look back on all the things that I forgot. And with social media, nowadays it's so easy to forget something that happened last week, let alone six months ago or ten months ago or twelve months ago. I have never been a person who made New Year's resolutions. And shockingly other people are coming around to my way of thinking now 52 percent of the Americans this was just a a recent Pew poll 52 percent of the Americans are not making any New Year's resolutions this year just 39 percent plan to make a resolution which is down from 44 percent last year when and if I ever make a New Year's resolution my resolution is always I will not make a New Year's resolution and I've I haven't made one in forever. Have you made one, Stan?
1: I have not made one either. Are you going to? Nope, don't plan on it.
0: Nope, uh-uh. Okay, so now there was another poll last week that came out. Do you know what the most popular New Year's resolution for 2018 is? Lose weight. No, but that's interesting that you say that. Hold that thought. Uh, Being a better person is the most popular New Year's resolution for 2018. Well, let's hope some
1: people accomplish that because there's a lot of a-holes out there.
0: I know, right? (laughs) That's a good point, Stan. Um, It was also the number one resolution last year, which this is a huge shift because for the last decade, losing weight. Was eighty percent of the time was the number the number one, and this time it well this year yeah. it this year it tied.
1: It's that time of the season for uh, losing weight commercials, and we <laughs> love them here at iHeartMedia. Yes, we do. Yep. We love
0: them. Okay, that, I know a lot of people didn't like the cars for kids one. I never minded that one, um, but that that chicken that's talking about playing the game is a <laughs> irritating not to mention condescending uh a lot but you know what we love our advertisers so thank you um i would also like to point out and maybe this is because i haven't quite gotten over my weather thing yet uh nasa's top climate so-called expert james hansen james hansen predicted by 2018 so that's next year folks by 2018 the arctic would be ice free and lower Manhattan would be underwater. Democrats still call him the climate prophet. I've been here in this BS for 30, no, make that 40 years. And I've just about had it. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, Stan and I are going to talk about the top stories of the year. I've picked out my top three. Stan's picked out his top three. And and I kind of lumped mine all in together um. well, because it works. Well, no, it doesn't really. But, well, okay, you're going to have to stay tuned and hear what I picked for the top stories and what Stan picked for his top stories. And we also want to hear what you picked for your top stories of 2017. Stay tuned. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Good Saturday afternoon, everyone. Thank you Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers show. Yeah, we're we're going to say goodbye to 2017. We're going to welcome in 2018. So many reasons to be optimistic and and to look forward to the new year beginning. I like to look back on the year and remember the things that I've forgotten about. Um, which is easy to do because we have 24 seven news. It's a fast, 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 uh, pace that we, that we see. And, um, so I picked out, I just realized that instead of picking out three stories, I picked out four stories. So, um, and judging from talking to Stan before the show, I think he's picked out several stories that, that he thought were big ones, uh, hands down for me. Um, well before I do that, I, I guess I want the listeners, I want you to tell me what you think was the biggest story of the year for you. because, uh, it's yeah, I can talk forever. I could talk for And I guarantee
1: you the listeners will bring up something that we have forgotten about. Because they... they, It always happens. They know it all.
0: Right. 651-989-5855. 651-989-5855. Hands down for me, the top story of the year was the coverage that Donald Trump got from the media that was the number one story for me the i have never seen such insanity in my entire life the now, are hyper... you saying
1: before the he was elected or after he was no, elected no
0: this was after he was elected and remember he was inaugurated in january so we still had to put up with obama for a while um 2017 of course the biggest story of the year probably would have been um would have been um his election but the coverage that that donald trump got from the primary versus up until the election versus after the election versus how uh, over the course of the year how hypersensitive how overly now and and here's the thing that i want to make clear it's not i don't have a problem with the media criticizing the president. Heck, we criticize President Trump sometimes on on this show and sometimes for good reason. Um, But it seems that they are so hypersensitive about it and so...
1: And not accepting that... He is our president. I mean, we had Obama for eight years, and we thought that was going to be radio gold, which it was. It was. Trump is now even— uh He's More. Uh, Trumped that. But, you know, uh, a lot of people, you know, didn't like those eight years, but they accepted that, hey, this is the guy that's in charge, and we have to live with it, where there was a lot—I it. I don't think it's totally died down, but especially when he was first inaugurated, there was so much hype over you know, not my Every, president, and I'm not yeah, going to listen yeah, to this fool. Yeah. And this going to the Women's bozo, March. Yep, Trump
0: is Hitler. Fight
1: back. Yeah, Trump yep.
0: is Hitler. Resist. Yeah, yeah, and 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 the uh, I agree that sometimes Trump's a little um, how blasphemous. Do I, well. Let's just say on Twitter I sometimes roll my eyes and I sometimes think, "Oh jeez, Trump, did you have to tweet that?" Yep. Um but on the other hand, I don't want him to change. I love that he combats political correctness. Um I love that he takes it to the media. I love that he isn't afraid to to call people out. Um I have a long list of Trump accomplishments over the course of the past year just for you, Stan. Um and I think and I think it's it's um really important you know i wouldn't have had such a problem with them being so critical and so disrespectful to donald trump if they would have even shown one iota of criticism or one iota of of not soft-shoeing Ob- Ob- president obama I mean, they covered for Barack Obama. They minimized for Barack Obama. They ignored scandal after scandal after scandal. They repeated his lies over and over and over. They went unchallenged. It would have to be so blatant that, um, that they absolutely couldn't ignore it. And even then, they'd minimize it. So I, I think the, the coverage, and I think that hurts the media as well. Like I say, if they would have been as critical of so many things in the Obama administration, um, it, it might have been a little bit different. I also picked for one of my top stories of the year the failure to repeal Obamacare. And Republicans, this is on you. You told us for eight years. Years you were going to repeal Obamacare, and when push came to shove, when we gave you the House, the Senate, and the White House, you choked. And I think there are a lot of people that are having trouble forgiving the Republicans for failing to repeal Obamacare. It's great that um, the Obamacare individual mandate was repealed in the tax bill, but that isn't good enough by a long shot. We are talking hundreds of agencies, thousands and thousands and thousands of pages of regulations, centralized government control. Uh, We're seeing the ramifications of that horrible bill uh all the way down here in Minnesota, which we'll talk about in the second hour when we talk with John Augustine and Don Lee about the LEA scorecard that's coming out. Uh but the the failure of the Republicans to repeal Obamacare after for seven years doing nothing but promise they're going to repeal it, I think is absolutely astonishing. Um agree or disagree, Stan? Okay, Um, sorry, he's on the phone. You want to weigh in? 651-989-5855. 651-989-5855. That's the problem. When you work out your show with the producer, when he's on the phone, he can't weigh in when you you thought he was going to weigh in, too. I'll tell you one of the other biggest stories that I thought for 2017. Yeah, not to worry. I always have something else to say. Um, One of the other biggest stories of the year was Al Franken. And USA today put out a um a 2017 year in review and they picked each of the 50 states and they said what was the top story in each of the 50 states. Do you know what the highlighted story was for the state of Minnesota? Al Franken and Garrison Keeler. I mean, how embarrassing. How absolutely embarrassing and even more embarrassing that PPP had a poll last week that showed 50% of the people didn't think Al should re- resign. Al resigned. Al is our Senator Perv. There are eight different people who have, have, have brought claims in front of Al and Al resigned. And it, it's, it's not surprising that when Politico talked about, um, Uh, well, lots of the different media sources did, but they talked about um, how important some of the upcoming Senate races were going to be in the next... in 2018, well, of course, Al Franken's seat is a is a mention up there. Amy Klobuchar's seat is a mention. Amy Klobuchar's behavior over this Al Franken story is absolutely astonishing in my book. Amy Klobuchar gave a tribute to Al Franken on the floor of the Senate. And Al Franken said when Al leaves here, he's not going to be quieted. Can you imagine if a Republican had been forced to resign and stood up there and said, I'm not going to be quieted? And you had another Republican standing up and saying, oh, let me give tribute to this perv who was out there. It's it's just absolutely astonishing. Another thing. Did you notice that when the stories broke about Al Franken, not one of those stories happened in Minnesota. Not one of the stories ha- were were broken in in Minnesota. None of our Minnesota media bothered to bring these stories. Forward. And that should tell you a lot of things about the Minnesota media. So I'm, I'm thankful that Senator Franken plans on resigning on January 2nd. Uh, Governor Dayton, because Governor Dayton will do nothing but try to disrupt everything that he possibly can, has chosen his lieutenant governor to be Al Franken's, um, um, substitute and Tina Smith will be sworn in on January 3rd. And I mean, talk about disruptive. And I give a lot of credit to Michelle Fishbach. Michelle Fischbach, uh said, you know what? Once they make me lieutenant governor, I'm going to resign and I'm going to go back and run for my Senate seat because I want to represent the people of my district in Minnesota. So she's going to give up her lieutenant governor uh, appointment, and I'm thankful, uh, very thankful, actually, that she's not willing to put up with Governor Dayton's nonsense. Last week, Al Franken had a big party. He he had a farewell tour party in Minnesota, a rally celebrating a politician who was forced to resign in disgrace forced to resign in disgrace, and they had a party, and everyone got together. There were eight women who accused him of groping them, and you had a party celebrating a senator who sexually assaulted and harassed women, laughed about it, lied about it, and then said, oh, I remember something different. That is just astonishing and Crazy! All right. What do you think are the top stories in, in 2017? 651-989-5855. 651-989-5855. Lots more coming. Stay tuned. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130, TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. com. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sue Jeffers. We're talking about 2017. What was the story that captured your attention? Was it the hurricanes or the eclipse or politics or immigration or the Me Too campaign, the sexual harassment campaign, kneeling at football games? Um, Maybe it was equity or equality. I mean, there were so many different stories. And Stan, by the way... Mm -hmm. Yeah, the other one that is a big story to me, we'll start taking phone calls here in a second, but um, the Vikings... Yeah, and I'm that, not going to say it. The I'm biggest, biggest gonna pleasant say it.
1: surprise of the season.
0: Oh, my gosh. They have ripped my heart out so, so many, times. many times. And yep. and especially after so many injuries at the beginning and, well, over the course of the whole year. And
1: the quarterback we have wasn't supposed to be there.
0: Right. Right. And
1: our running back went down, what, second or third game, I think it was? Or right. Maybe first game. My favorite player,
0: Cook, man. I just wanted to watch him run all <laughs> season long. That guy can run. Yep. Oh, my gosh. But, you know, he'll be back next year, too. And I, I, I'm I, not going to jinx it, Stan. I'm not going to say it. But no, I don't. think, yeah, I think it's a, a big chance. year for the Vikings. <laughs> That's the and best
1: surprise of the year, I think.
0: It is the best surprise. But you know what? People haven't gotten any smarter, let me tell you, because they must have used new math. Gallup um, reported that uh, Obama, Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton, uh, Barack Obama, and what was the Barack Obama was the most admired man, and Hillary Clinton was the most admired woman. Uh, Hillary Clinton has a disapproval rating of 61%, <laughs> and somehow people picked her as the most admired woman. And I'm just like, come on, people, you haven't gotten any smarter or any more informed, or you must only be able to think of, you know, yep. a woman She's who belongs in got prison. The name
1: recognition. Yep.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think probably the most important part that people should have taken out of that uh, Gallup poll was that a quarter of the respondents couldn't name a man or a woman they admired most. <laughs> 25% couldn't. And I'll,
1: I'll be the first. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't think there's really anybody, whether it's in politics or in music or, right. you know, that I really, I guess, admire. Admire. He, for one, you don't know them personally. Right. So how how you right. really admire that person? Right. That's crazy,
0: crazy. All right, let's talk to some of the listeners here. Erica, you're up first. Hi, Erica. What captured your attention in 2017?
2: Hi, yeah. Um, so I was just, this is recent, um, but there's a few things that have happened um, just within the last couple of weeks that is making me really excited about um, finally setting some light on this global epidemic of, human trafficking that's been taking place, and it's looking like we're actually going to see prosecution of people who have been involved in this and um, major consequences. So first is the executive order that President Trump signed on the 20th of December went into effect on the 21st, which basically gives – The government, the ability to freeze and or seize the assets of anybody found violating human rights in a serious manner, which is huge because there's been so many people with a lot of assets that have been doing this.
0: Well, I'm going to challenge you for a little bit on that, Erica, because one of the things we've been fighting for was this uh, civil asset forfeiture where the police can come in and and if you've been charged with a crime, they can take away your cars, your money and all that kind of stuff. And it really has to be convicted of before you can start taking away other people's property. That's a bill that we're going to be working on here in Minnesota And at the federal level as well. On the other hand, you nailed it when you said that people are not prosecuted for these crimes. If you go back and look at the number of prosecutions of of people for trafficking other humans, it is minuscule. And in fact, Minnesota is one of the best states. And I think we went after, what, three I mean it's embarrassing the number of people that get off on that that get away with this and the conditions are horrific the conditions are are horrible it's unbelievable
2: Exactly yeah mm-hmm. and that executive order covered a multitude so not only the people directly related but also people who may not be directly related but they're benefiting financially from what's been taking place and I think it was the next day or a couple of days later then-President Trump declared a state of national emergency and uh, for, you know, about human trafficking. So he's bringing the attention to it, and they've got the paperwork in order. Now it's just a matter of prosecuting them.
0: We have and, to prosecute them. We have exactly. to. Yeah, thank you, you, Erica.
2: Hope because I think it's we're finally going to see it start happening in 2018, I just...
0: I hope so. I hope so, too. They're
2: lining everything up to do that. Some of those stories are just
0: absolutely heartbreaking. Thank you. Absolutely. Appreciate your comments. Uh, Mary, you're up next. Hi, Mary. What captured your attention? What do you think was one of the biggest stories of 2017?
3: I am still so disappointed in Mike Freeman on the Somalian police officer that shot Justine Damon. I Mm -hmm. don't think it could be any more clear that this was out-and-out murder. And he says he hasn't got enough information to make a decision. I,
0: I am just astonished by that, too, Mary. She was killed by Officer Knorr in July, if I remember right. July. He's, yes, nothing's been done. Right. Nothing's been done. And he had all kinds of paperwork. And I think the case was in his office by September or October. And it was, the, it's, it was, it's ridiculous.
3: It was all on film. We saw it on TV. Oh,
0: just and I—I I don't know how that. I mean, yes, I want Mike Freeman to to make sure he gets every duck in a row. I was shocked that that Justine's family from Australia said, "You know, we're we're going to give him a little bit more time. We want we want to see justice done." But I just can't figure out what's taken so long either. It's ridiculous.
3: I, I think the whole problem is the ethnicity of the shooter. They're scared to death to prosecute. We'll have all kinds of outrage if they do.
0: Yeah, I think that's part of it, too. And I also think there's another standard when you try to convict a a police officer. You know, there's a, a different standard than if you or I would would shoot somebody. And I think we're going to see some changes on that, too, because we have to be able to hold bad cops uh, accountable and we have to be able to go after them. It's really interesting, too, that you saw Minneapolis. Officer Nor was a Minneapolis police officer, started reducing an. Ill- Eliminating some of their psychological tests for their officers, they started trying to have um, a broader array of officers. You know, every every yes. different color and religion and gender and everything. And and I think all of those contribute to these kinds of things too. But we absolutely have to be able to prosecute these bad cops.
3: If Justine had been black, we would have had such outrage in the streets. Black I know. But you know what? The white people sit back and take this and take this and they don't do a thing in their own self defense.
0: That uh, yeah, that's that's true. Thank you Mary. Appreciate your appreciate your comments. Um yeah, that's Stan that was one of your stories that you had picked out. Yeah, that was a big
1: one in Minnesota and the Flandel Castillo, the they were acquitted when, too, correct? Yep. When
0: he was acquitted, yep. when when Yanes was acquitted, that was absolutely astonishing. And it wouldn't surprise me one single bit to see some of the laws change so that we can prosecute. Um um and, and again, I was not on the jury for that one, but it was hard to understand that. Hard to understand that same as the one with with Officer Nor. you know, I. Yeah, I I don't I don't get those. Uh, what else did you I had? I had the perv senator. Yeah. Um, well,
1: another one to go along with the Franken resignation and the scandal there is a lot of people thought nationally and even here locally that he was maybe going to be the next uh guy for president on the democratic side so that's probably not, not going to happen well now.
0: that's not true he's a democrat so there's a different set of rules for democrats i mean look at ted kennedy killed a woman left her in the in the water um and he was a senator for 50 years or however long he was a senator for there's you had a few of them step down i really think the roy moore race um paid a played a big role in that one, too. I think uh, I think they used Al as the scapegoat, and I'm very thankful he did. I said all the way along, remember, that I didn't think Al was going to step down.
1: And I'm surprised there haven't been more allegations. I mean, you had the big one in Hollywood with, with Weinstein. Yeah. Uh, but I, I... As much as that came out about it, I still think there's a lot more that probably has been swept under the rug. So I'm kind of surprised, I guess, that there weren't more allegations that did come out well don't worry they're gonna
0: they're gonna oh yeah they're gonna milk it for all it's worth okay coming up Next hour, uh, John Augustine, Don Lee, I can see them in the other room. I am thrilled to have them here. We're going to talk about the LEA, the Legislative Evaluation Assembly of Minnesota, their scorecard. It's the best scorecard of any, any scorecard out there. And it talks about how did the legisl- legislators do uh, last legislative session. Well, let me tell you, 30. Well, I already gave you a, a point last Time when I told you there were only like three winners or four winners, uh, got to do better, legislators. But John and Don are going to join me, and that's going to be an absolute blast. Uh, we'll talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of last legislative session, and we'll pat the good guys and gals on the back. All right, everyone, stay tuned. Lots more coming. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk AM eleven thirty, TwinCitiesNewsTalk dot com.